With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this heavenly privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio, open His Word, and study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time today, get your Bible, and follow along with us in the Word of God. We're opening our Bible, the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19, as we continue our study in the life of Elijah. We're learning that obedience is the key. The Word of God said in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 22, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. I've said to many congregations across America, if I had but one statement to make to you and never speak to you again until I face you at the judgment seat of Christ, I would say to you, learn to obey every detail of God's orders in your life. Obedience is the key. And that's what we're discovering in the life of Elijah. We look, first of all, in chapter 17 of 1 Kings at the experience that Elijah has by the brook Cherith. And we saw there in that brook experience that obedience is the key to God's provisions. Second, we looked at the barrel experience at the widow woman's house in Zarephath. And there we discovered that obedience is the key to God's programming, being on time with the Lord. And again, I say to you, it is just as important that we be there when God wants us to be as it is that we be where God wants us to be. Then thirdly, we went to chapter 18 of the book of 1 Kings, and there we saw that obedience is the key to God's power in answering of our prayers as Elijah meets with King Ahab and with the people of Israel and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, he prays and God sends the fire down from heaven. Obedience is the key to God answering our prayers. Now then we're looking in chapter number 19, and here we're going to discover that obedience is the key to God's peace in our lives. And may I just say again, what a wonderful blessing it is to have peace with God and then to have the peace of God reign in our life. You see, peace with God comes the moment we are saved. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But then there's a peace of God that comes from surrender. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, the Bible said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then he said, In the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there is a peace with God, and there is a peace of God. And to enjoy that peace, then we must learn 
to obey God and be where God wants us to be, doing what God wants us to do. Now, as we looked at the brook experience and the barrel experience and the blazing experience, we followed three simple steps in our outline. We looked, first of all, at Elijah's orders. Then we looked at his obedience. And then we looked at the outcome. And we saw as Elijah obeyed God, he experienced God's provision, God's programming, and God's power. But now when we come to chapter number 19, the story takes a different turn. Here we find Elijah moving without any orders. Since he has no direction from God, then he develops his own direction, and he loses the peace of God that he has enjoyed for these years through the famine when everything seemed like was against him. Now then he's out there, he's going without orders, and he loses the peace of God that he has enjoyed. Then he experiences some of the greatest battles of his entire life. We look first of all in verse number one and verse number two, and we saw the timing of this battle. And I do want you to notice, first of all, that this great battle of depression comes to Elijah immediately after he has that mountaintop experience of 1 Kings chapter number 18. And may I say to you, friend, one of the most dangerous times for you and I is immediately after a great victory. If we're not careful, we will just idle along and we find ourselves in trouble. We looked at the timing of this battle. And again, I said to you, it was the same way in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He set it down for our example. It was immediately after his baptism. He had accomplished the will of God. He was anointed by the Spirit of God. And he had the approval of the Word of God from heaven. And then he's led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. So we saw the timing of his battle. We were looking as we left the broadcast yesterday at the trip of his battle. And I pointed out to you, first of all, there is the purpose for his trip. This man whom God has miraculously sustained his life through these three and a half years of famine is now running because Jezebel has threatened to take his life. Then we saw his partners for the trip in verse number three. The Bible said that when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and he left his servant there. Now, dear friend, if you're going to have a pity party, you don't want your friends around. You don't want your servant around, your fellow labor. And so he leaves him there. And then notice in verse number four, the Bible said, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. What a place to go. But that's where you're going to go when you get into a situation of self-pity. And you're going to go there. You leave your servant and you go there by yourself. I said on yesterday that Elijah took his three best friends for a pity party, which in reality are our three worst enemies. You say, who were they, preacher? Me, myself, and I. If I'm going to have me a pity party, I don't want anybody else around, just me, myself, and I. So we saw the purpose of the trip, 
He's running for his life. We saw the partners for the trip. He left. Everybody else just took himself. And then we saw the place of the trip. He went to the wilderness. And then we see the prayer of the trip in verse number four. The Bible said that he sat down under a juniper tree and requested that he might die. The Bible said, and he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Here we see Elijah, and it's almost humorous, but yet it's the way we do when we have a pity party. He is running from Jezebel because she said, I'm going to kill him. And now that he's over under the juniper tree praying to die, all he would have had to done was just stay there. She'd have found him, and she would have accommodated him in taking his life. He didn't want to die. He's just on a good self-pity party. You say, why, preacher? He has moved without any orders. And now then, he has lost the peace of God that sustained him through all the other battles. So he calls up under the juniper tree and prays that he might die. But I want you to notice now, not only there's the timing of the battle, there's a trip of the battle, but then there's the triumph over the battles. In verse number 5 through verse number 7, what happens to this man of God who has crawled up under the juniper tree and is praying that he might die. Let's read it in the Word of God. The Bible said, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came unto him the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Here we see his triumph over this battle of depression. Even though he was praying to die, God in his mercy does not answer the prayer to die but rather notice these three things. First of all, in triumphing over his battle, God gives him of his head. Now, the Bible said here, there's an angel comes to visit him. If I'm speaking to someone today who's in a great battle of depression and discouragement, despair, and defeat, if you will let God, God will come to you where you're at. God will show up and pay you a visit. I remember the old song we used to sing years ago, standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find Jesus. Friend, in your battle, God will show up. Sure, Elijah is there in disobedience. Sure, he's there out of the will of God. Sure, he has moved without orders. But God does not cut him off without mercy. God extends mercy to Elijah, and he has a visit from the angel of God. But I want you to notice, not only does God give him a visit, but God gives him some vittles. The Bible said down in verse number 6, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. 
and he did eat and drink and lay down again. I marvel at this. Here's a cruise of water. I wonder if that reminds him of the cruise of oil at the widow woman's house. Here's a cake. I wonder if that reminds him of the cake that God had sustained him with over at the widow woman's house. I'm saying to you, my friend, that God provides him a visit, and God provides him some victuals. And he said to him, Arise and eat. And he gets up and he eats of that meal. And the Bible said he did eat, and he drank, and he laid down again. But then notice in verse number 7, the Bible said, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. So we see in Elijah's time of depression, God visits him, and God gives him some vittles, and God gives him victory. Friend, disobedience will steal your peace. It will steal your victory. But even in that time, God will have mercy. And if you let God, he'll show up and give you victory. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. How I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio and study His Word together. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast, that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. We have a few churches and individuals that support us on a monthly basis, but we need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for us? And then as the Lord directs your heart, sit down and write to us and share with us in the financial burden. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh, do not.